behind the vinyl back for another episode uh, with another uh, well could you call it a classic album so some like classic 80s LA rock album for sure one yeah of the, one of the staple bands of the 80s yeah um, we're talking about rap um, and the album is invasion of your privacy probably the one of my favorite album covers especially back then when I was like I was 14 when that one came out definitely <laughs> definitely they had a um, they had a you know they, they loved putting uh, the female yeah specimen on, on the cover that's uh, for sure yeah Tawny Katane was on the uh, on the cover of Out of the Cellar their first record yeah and, and, and the EP as well and the EP as well that's yeah. her legs right absolutely yeah and Tawny was of course uh, Robin Crosby's girlfriend at the time yeah she was wasn't she with Nikki Six as well or something she was with someone else as well she, which, which doesn't surprise me why no, she would she, go because Nikki and Robin Crosby were exactly were, were best of buddies with everything exactly um, okay well obviously she's been you know she then went on to be the star of the White Snake videos and marry Sir David Coverdale exactly and then that all fell apart and years later she was married to some NFL guy and, and she actually she I think she got arrested for she hit him right, with okay. a shoe or something okay and that's an NFL player so you kind of figure that's that's a big guy yeah absolutely, um, absolutely. but um, yeah I, I think the first time actually the first time I recognized Tony Kitane was uh, the movie Bachelor Party yeah with, with Tom Hanks yep yeah. she's in there Absolutely. I think that was one of her first roles. Yeah, actually, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Love that movie. Yeah. Love it. So this one had a, had a different had a Playboy Playmate of the Year actually Playmate of the Year in 1983. Yes, um, Marianne Gravatti. Yeah, something Gravetti. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember um, first time I interviewed Stephen Percy, he he said, uh, "Yeah, I try to hit that." Right. but it didn't work out he claimed she was a mess um, and there were uh, a bunch of photos that they uh, took for that session that they couldn't use right okay um, but apparently she uh, I think I, I, I googled her name uh, I think around that time when I did that interview and I, at that time she was running some kind of sports bar in Florida I think yeah I read that summer as well yeah and um, with her husband or something. Yeah. She, of course, was in, in the video for uh, Laid Down as well. That she was, yes, yeah. absolutely. But uh, no, classic um, classic 80s album cover, I must say. Without a doubt, very uh, much so. A woman in lingerie and yeah. and so on. I think she's, she's putting on some stockings or something. Exactly, and you can see that camera in the corner of the room. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it looked cool. Absolutely. So the album came out in June 13, 1985. Yeah, long so time ago. That's a long time ago, man. Did you listen to rap back then? I, I um, yeah, but I, I can't remember when. Right. I remember I got the records for Adam the Seller, yeah. Invasion of Your Privacy, which yeah. of course I loved them. Yeah. And they, and they looked they looked apart. Um, what was it? What was the third record? I'm drawing a blank. And then Dancing Undercover. Dancing Undercover. Yeah. And then followed by... Reach um, the Sky. Exactly, which had Wakefield Jr. Yeah. Which was the song that connected with me. I, I oh, still right. think it's... Uh, okay. You know, it's a good song. It's a great song. I think yeah. it's a great song. Just something different about it when it come. Yeah. Um, but of course, grew up with Round and Round and, you know... Yeah. Lay It Down and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, definitely listen to Rat. But they were always second 
great for me. Right. Like the front runners were Motley Crue. Motley Crue, LA Guns. Oh, um, right. Yeah, big LA, LA Guns, Guns before Rat? Wow. LA Guns were, first, first two LA Guns records <laughs> okay. I think are amazing. Right. Um, even Cinderella before Rat. Wow. Um, Rat were kind of. Rat were like in with the. For me, a little bit in with the. the oh, with the poisons and all that? The poisons, the warrants. I didn't oh, put. Actually, poison I was into. Poison right, was yeah, the, yeah. the first two records, yeah. right, especially the first record. Um, I put it more into like the the Warrants. Oh, right. Um, and, uh, I was a huge Rat fan. Oh, you were? Yeah, I love that stuff. I think I, the first time I heard it was when Out of the Sailor came out, a buddy of mine bought it on cassette for some weird reason. He bought that one and The Warning by Queensryche. Right, okay. Yeah. And, and going back, I, I don't think I ever bought any album on cassette. Did you buy cassettes back then? Yeah, absolutely. You did? Yeah, yeah. I never did. I don't think I own a single cassette from, from really? those days, from the 80s. No. Oh, thousands of those. Yeah, you did, right. Yeah, thousands and thousands. And, but uh, vinyl all the time. And yeah, and it was kind of a little mix between vinyl, but, <clears throat> but you're a little bit more practical when you're a kid. And I had no yeah, way sure. to play really the vinyl. Right, okay. Like, um, I had my little cassette player. Right, yeah. And then later on, when I got a little bit older, I got a, a Walkman. Yeah. Um, you know, the super early Walkmans. And then also playing cassettes in the car. <clears throat> right, so, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, why I used to buy cassettes. And, and it's been a bone of contention with me because I've got like thousands and thousands yeah. of, of really cool stuff. Yeah. Signed stuff. Yeah. Um, which are just useless. I've yeah. thrown out so many over the time. So I've well, got cassettes. Boxes they're the new black again. Yeah, well, yeah. I remember having a having an argument with an artist um, a year ago. Oh right. Um, and we released his record on on cassette as well, <clears throat> and I didn't want any. Oh okay. And, uh, we had a little bit of an event where we sold some units, and he right. was like, you know, trying to tell me I fucked up. You fucked up not having cassettes. We would have sold so many. And I had to kind of nip it in the bud and, right, yeah. and lay it down to him that no we wouldn't have we no. sold fucking one or two I yeah guess. yeah uh, those are for the diehards I think the one that wants <laughs> that complete collection of yeah. whatever it is yeah exactly and I, I think there's I, actually I think you bought me the uh, um, the Metallica yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. mine's still unopened alright okay yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think mine never played it my, yeah mine I've never played no just you know purely got it for the sake of oh, absolutely it's the, absolutely it's a copy of the Metallica demo. yeah but I take I mean I taped my buddy's albums yeah. onto cassette that's what I did and I made did my own mixtapes yeah that's what I did but I never bought like an album on cassette no and that's what we should do when we uh, we're going to do Aerosmith permanent vacation yeah and I think I've told you the story I taped it on a it was either a 90 minute or a 60 minute like right both sides and I missed out on the last two songs. Oh yeah! And for years, <laughs> yeah. and I had the vinyl. Yeah. I had the vinyl, but yeah, yeah. because I taped it, I, I always listened to it on, uh, right. on cassette. Yeah. And for years, I um, I didn't realize there yeah. was two two more songs yeah, on yeah. that record. So when I finally listened to the vinyl one day, I I discovered <laughs> these two new songs. Yeah. Well, that was so because you had to really time it, and I I remember not learning that. It took a while. Yeah. It wasn't very bright, but I mean, you could easily just like 
stop the tape when there's when the last song was done and you saw that there was there wasn't Not that enough. much left on yeah. the tape. But I remember taping for those about rock with ACDC and just let let the tape run. Right. So it cuts in the middle of I think it's COD whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And from from that moment on until this day, as soon as that song comes on, I'm expecting it to cut at a I certain bet. place. Yeah. Which well, is really weird. Yeah. But yeah, that's the way it is. That's pretty fun. Brady, let's uh, let's open the show with the first song, um, You're In Love, uh, first song of the record. You know, here's what I think about You're In Love. You're In Love, which is first song of the record, yep. followed by Never Use Love, which yep. is the second. Yep. They basically sound like the same song to me. Yeah, well... I always I th- thought they were, the, like, they were uh, the same song, just yeah. rewritten yeah. and changed around a little bit I think that was I think that was a bit of a problem for Rat that they had a lot of songs that kind of had the same at least a similar riff to it yeah Uh, if that was Warren DeMartini or Robbie Crosby I have no idea but certainly I I get that absolutely You're in love. Big hit on MTV. It was absolutely, and this is coming. This is coming through MTV. Peak time. Yeah. Oh now. hell yeah. You know. Absolutely. That's, that's basically MTV. Rat has MTV to uh, to thank. I think for their success. Sure they do. Uh, and I read that out of, with out of the cellar. I mean their first full length. They sold like two million copies in the US. Right. Invasion of Your Privacy didn't do as well. Apparently. Well, um, I, I had three million. Three million. Three okay. million for out of the cellar and two million. For yeah. Something like invasion. that. Yeah. 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 But it also said somewhere that it, it uh, kind of um, kept them in the momentum and uh, they toured. I think I read somewhere um, that they did like 205 shows on the Out of the Cellar tour. They toured a lot with right, that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that had Round and Round, which was a massive MTV hit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, also, funny thing is that, that the kid in the video, Round and Round, who's a kind of a weird-looking kid with really big eyes, he's in uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, really? Yeah, the same kid. He uh, became an actor. Okay. Yeah. And, and then and, and I think because the, uh, they had a manager, they had, um, uh, they had one of the Burls. Uh, I can't remember if it's Milton Berle, the old classic actor, whatever. One of the Burles, Marshall Burle, right. who also managed Van Halen uh, in the beginning. Um, he was uh, managing um, uh, Rat, and he's in the video, running around as well. Gotcha. You know, Rat, let's, let's talk a little bit about Rat. Um, they kind of morphed out of Mickey Rat, which started. I think, I think Robin Crosby moved into, uh, into L.A., right? He was living, uh, I can't remember where he was living. <laughs> Well, Robin Crosby was from San Diego, I believe, as, Diego. as long uh, and Stephen Percy was from San Diego as well. Sorry, I meant Stephen Percy. Yeah. Stephen, Stephen Percy moved in, moved in, was it from San Diego? I think so, and Robin Crosby as well, I think. Okay. He was from San Diego as well. And anyone who hasn't done it, you should read the Robin Crosby, the uh, Stephen Percy. Yeah, book. it's a good one, actually. Uh, it's, it's a really good one. Yeah, it and, is. and it puts a different light on Stephen Percy. To me, he was always only ever the, the 
so and so good looking, yeah, front, yeah, you know, yeah, stupid front man, yeah. And this actually proves that he wasn't. No, yeah, true. But also, I, uh, that goes back when I interviewed him the first time. That he said that like for two days, it was Stephen Percy, Robin Crosby, Tommy Lee, and Nicky Six rehearsing together. Right. Okay. Trying to put something together. Yeah. But it fell through, and right. then he created Rat, and they went on to to form Motley Crue. Yeah. He created Mickey Rat, or he created. I think Rat, because I, I I I never get if Mickey Rat. Well, I think Mickey Rat was already in San Diego, and then he moved to. I can't remember the whole dealings with all that. Okay. And you had Jakey e. Lee, and you had all these guys coming in and out of Rat. Absolutely, Jakey e. Lee was in there. Um, Chris Hager from Rough Cup was in. There oh yes, as well. Of course, yeah. yes. Jakey e. Lee brought Warren Demartini in yeah to, to the fold yeah um so it's yeah it's like any of those la kind of you know it's very incestuous it, it it really is you can make one of those like the family, family tree yeah and it all goes in and out and in yeah, and out the, the slash poison connection oh hell yeah and, uh, the guns and roses yeah, yeah, LA yeah. Guns absolutely and the, absolutely um it's it's very twisted and turning yeah i also read that uh this interview I found from People Magazine, uh, someone is out with Rat on the uh, Invasion of Your Privacy Tour and they're on the bus where Stephen Paris says like, yeah, because there's a lot of girls in the audience. And he said, and, and, and I think because of MTV as well, he says something like, yeah, we have like 60% women. Right, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess this is around the time as well when you, with MTV and with singles and also with I mean, they didn't really have one of those power ballots, but yeah. around that time, I guess, that's when women start showing up at shows. Well, absolutely. Before that, even the, the Led Zeppelins and the, definitely yeah. the Black Sabbath and and the the early, the Bay Area Thrashes, the yeah. Metallicas and the Slayers yeah. and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. That was, that was a dude fest. That was yeah. totally... Hell yeah. Totally oh, yeah. And it wasn't until... And even, even Van Halen was quite... Sure. Guy, definitely yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. And then the girls started coming. And I think they're the likes of one MTV and also the, the Stephen Percy's and the Nicky Six's. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, yeah. And the glam and all that kind of brought it... Brought it... Uh, into the, into that world yeah because you had that that whole LA vibe and these were good looking guys yeah. Stephen Percy Nicky Six and all those guys so yeah. so I think that that made a lot for it as well yeah but um, no I was a huge rat fan back then um, I remember seeing like the first couple of um, photos from the the invasion tour where they had like it was all steel and lights Apparently, it was supposed to look like some kind of chrome spaceship or something. Right. I don't know. It looked really cool. It looked really cool. Neil Zlozauer? Yeah, he took a lot of photos back then. Yeah. He, he took the photos of... I of, uh, uh, don't know if he did Invasion of Your Privacy, but he did Out of the Cellar and the first EP. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. That's Neil Zlozauer. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he was also really good friends with Robin, Cros Robin Crosby, yep. Zloz, and uh, Nikki Six. Yep. Were a little bit of a, a crazy power trio that went around. Yeah, they went on trips together. Went on holidays together, yeah. wreaked havoc. Um, I think like Robin Crosby and Nikki Six. You know, we've all seen that from Nikki Six. He he's friends with the John Fives and he's friends with yeah, yeah. the Slashes and yeah. he's friends with this and he's friends with that. And obviously, he's always been that way. Yeah. Um, and really close friends with really close friends with Robin Crosby yeah. for better yeah. or for worse because I think they were they were both in bad situations with drugs at the time definitely and hanging with each other yeah 
they're, not the best combo they were heroin buddies yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah um, so that was yeah that's what it was Robin Crosby known as King and then tall fella very, very tall and very big fella very big absolutely uh, and you also had you had um, the camaraderie shows as well in um, the video for Back for More the rat video absolutely where you have Nicky Six and Tom Lee playing car. cops yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah that's pretty that's, cool that's pretty funny pretty ironic there yeah um, here it is uh, Lay It Down let's uh, check out that uh, actually it was the first single or was it the second single I think it was the first single taken from the record yeah it might have been possibly the biggest song of the career Killer Riff Killer Riff talking about riffs Yeah, that or round and round. Which do you think? Which do you think is the biggest uh, rap song of their career? Which is their I, I would say round and round. Round and round. I think because yeah. that 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 song really broke them big, uh, and it's usually when you see like um, uh, when it comes to like CD collections or you're checking out like um, LA rock collections on Spotify and things like that. Um, song that is used in movies and stuff it's yep. usually it usually is round and round absolutely um i remember watching um is it in stranger stranger things uh i know home sweet home is in home the latest home is, and then also like there's some madonna is in there oh yeah probably some, yeah there's all that 80s stuff i'm just wondering that's the that's the perfect thing where round and round tends to pop up oh yeah absolutely yeah kind of uh i was watching i think it's in the first couple of episode <laughs> of have you ever seen billions that's a really great uh, Metallica no. and James Hetfield is in is in like the first season. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, uh, the the main character goes to a uh, Metallica shows and he gets invited and he talks to Hetfield in the tuning room and stuff like that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, serious actor. Um, but the funny thing is that there's a supporting act at the Metallica show and that's a girl and when she's doing her sound check she's playing a she's playing an acoustic version of Round and Round if I remember correctly. Oh, really? Which is actually really good, a cool version. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think round and round, but myself, I say I, I would prefer lay it down. I think that the riff is tougher, meaner. Um, I don't know. Right, yeah. Speaks to me a lot more than right. I, I love round and round. That's a good song. Yeah, I'd say lay it down for me as well. But for me, as I just mentioned before, Wakefield Jr. Yes. But that is so different. So, I, I, so there's different. a different sound in that album. Yeah. I think there's for me that just hit at the right time. Yeah, um, I think they probably come out maybe eighty seven or something, eighty eight. Uh, uh, yeah, eighty eight or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> um, that, that was that was for some reason that struck a chord with me. Yeah. One thing I, I remember coming from Australia, rap were not that big, and like I said, like not in Europe either. <coughs> no, no, exactly. And um, but I would see these videos, and, and especially MTV, and and I'd see like in um, in Hit Parade magazine, yeah, yeah. Or, oh yeah, or Hell Circus yeah. magazine or something. All those. They, they would be they'd basically be playing arenas. Yeah. And uh, I just couldn't work it out. No, I think like when uh, they were playing bigger and bigger places on the Innovation Tour, and I think that on on that tour they headlined themselves as well. Then 
Dancing Undercover comes out and they get really big in the US um, and they have a monster stage that is just unbelievably big, um, which really kind of tells you that they were really doing well back then in 1987 or whatever it is. Um, There's like one, um, one bootleg video out there that you can find on YouTube from Dancing Undercover from Madison Square Garden. Uh, which is it's a cool it's a cool video uh, it's not the full show I think but uh, and the sound is just lousy right. but um, it's a cool show you, you see the entire stage and it's a huge stage it takes up all of Madison Square Garden but um, yeah no uh, they were really big in the US along with Motley Crue and all that never big in Europe they played Donington in like 85 I think right, 85 okay. or 86 yeah. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and I know they, they toured with Aussie did they play with Metallica then was that the that might have been the Metallica one yeah Metallica, 86 yeah. yeah 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 for some reason um, it was about yeah so you never saw them on those albums. never saw them and, and they toured with I think they came back and they did a UK run with Ozzy Osbourne okay uh, that around that time as well yeah. for the Invasion album have but you ever seen it. them um, yeah, yeah, I saw them with um um, what's his name from Love Hate oh with uh, Cheesy Pearl exactly like um, 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 what's that Millennium with, with uh, whatever with Alice Cooper with just crap and then I saw and John Carabi was in there as well right okay and, and then I didn't see him until like was it like two years ago Swing <coughs> Rock two years Festival ago, Swing Rock. yeah that was that was two years ago that was my basically my only band I wanted to see yeah. Red, Red is a band that I haven't crossed off my little list yeah um, so that festival, Sweden Rock Festival, two years ago, that was uh, maybe not the only band I had to see, but that was right. definitely the top of my yeah. list. Yeah. Got to see that. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> you didn't go see him. I didn't get to see it, <laughs> so uh, so I missed it. But um, it was good, actually. Well, that's what I heard. I heard it was yeah. really good. He uh, his voice was actually sounded pretty good, and I mean they they played all the songs you wanted them uh, to play, and it was it was good to see that it was Stephen Percy. Juan, Juan and yeah. uh, Warren Demartini. Yep. And then you had Carlos Cavasso and um, you had um, oh, Jimmy DeGrasso, I think, on, on drums. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Jimmy DeGrasso obviously been in Megadeth, he's been in Black Star Riders. Y&T. been in Y&T. He's been all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, but no Bobby Blotzer. <laughs> no Bobby Blotzer, no. Which, which is, I think it's Bobby and uh, Stephen that the real trouble kicks in. Yes. Uh, yes. And now Warren Martini is out of the band as well. Apparently because he didn't want to do, I don't know if he, if he wanted to do an album or if he got bored with doing like the, the shows they were doing. That they were kind of doing these weekend. Yeah, but Warren Martini's in Whitesnake now, right? Is he? No. No, no, no. No, that's Joel Hextra and whoever. Warren Martini. I have no idea what he's doing. Okay, for some reason I thought he joined joined Whitesnake. No, no. Who, who is in Whitesnake at the moment? Well, Warren Martini. Um, uh, he might have been in Whitesnake for a while. Was he Was he in there when Steve I was in there? I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna Google this. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, you mean back on the slip of the tongue? Something like that. I, yeah. yeah, he was somewhere around that. I've heard. Um, that That's Warren it. the Martini is is really well off, so he doesn't really need to, you know. All right, okay. And he comes from a, a wealthy family. I have no idea if that is true or not, but. Well, here we go. He's he, he's, he's been labeled as White Snake here. Okay. 
Um, but he was one of those guitar heroes, those L.A. He was in that same category as George Lynch and all them. I think he was uh, like, uh, you know, got hailed as a new Eddie Van Halen or something like that. Right, okay. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I have no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Nobody knows what Rat is doing. They're saying they're, they're putting out a new album, so okay. I guess we have to wait and see. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so checking our friend at Wikipedia, and it says that um, uh, he was a touring guitar player in White's Lake in 1994. Oh, okay. So that's, a, that's a long time ago. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And that in uh, 2018, the, ba- the band being Rat um, con- confirmed a rumor during a tour in the state of Kansas it was later revealed that Di Martini chose not to be in Rat right. anymore. Yeah. So, okay, so he's well off. What's I wonder what he's well off from. Who knows? Old money, you think? Or? Something like that. I, 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 as I understood, it was family money from something. I don't know. And and he doesn't seem like a guy that maybe didn't blow the majority of his money like. No. Stephen Percy did, or or Robin Crosby. I think Stephen Percy and Robin Crosby were the ones that really got into the whole party, Absolutely. party thing back yeah. then. Crosby obviously lost his life. He he died of AIDS. Um, well, he actually died of an overdose, I think. Oh, but really? he he had he was yeah. HIV positive. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he, I uh, think, because of the the medicines and whatever he was doing, there's footage of him, and he just turned into a. He just went huge. He yeah. became so incredibly big and, if you can say it, fat, overweight. Right. Yeah. That he's he's unrecognizable. Right. Um. But uh, and, and lived a really really sad life the last couple of years. He was in and out of hospitals and stuff like right. that. But um, no, um, invasion of privacy, um, great stuff. Uh, I remember reading that that uh, Robin Crosby called it Errol Flynn Rock. Really? Yeah. Never heard that before. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> there was Big Rock from Van Halen. Right. Yeah. And apparently Errol Flynn Rock. Robin Crosby was um, was definitely a staple in that whole scene. Yeah, uh, back there he was probably yeah. the, you know, he was he was the good looking guy. I think everyone yeah. everyone referred to him as the good yeah. looking guy, um, especially in the early the early oh, yeah. times of Rat. Yeah, um, again, hanging with Nikki Six, they were like the 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 crazy duo. Yeah, they were the the toxic twins of LA. Toxic twins of LA, yeah. absolutely. <clears throat> And um, so Stephen Percy, now you've interviewed him a few times. Yeah. Uh, good interviews? Yeah. He's easy to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would say so. It was it was pretty cool talking to him since he was, you know, since Rat was such a big part in my teenage years and yeah. and, and that whole L.A. scene. Um, yeah, but he seems like a cool guy. Uh, it was... Uh, Kind of sad to see those uh, clips from, I guess it was last year when he oh. didn't do too well on stage. No, absolutely. I'm According sorry. to Pain, he said it was painkillers mi- with, mixed with booze or whatever. Right, okay. He needed yeah. a knee injury uh, operation, whatever. But yeah. 
it was kind of sad. Yeah, either way, it was pretty bad. That was, that was actually it really was. bad. Yeah, um, it, was. it was. I think the band didn't say anything. They just kept going yeah. along. Yeah. And uh, did Juan get in there and sing? Or? Um, yeah, uh, he did a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and Stephen Presley was just like sitting on the drums. Right, yeah. Um, and, uh, and Luke, worse for wear. But um, yeah, I don't know. But they're still out there. They, they I think they played like... Um, they're, I think they're still playing like weekends all over the place, playing these like fairs and different like '80s festivals in the U.S. and apparently doing fairly well. They got Pete Holmes from Black and Blue on drums these oh, days, really? yeah, okay. and a younger guy on on um, two younger guys on guitar. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, it must be know. hard for some of these guys. It must be hard for the Rats or the Warrants, yeah. or um, you know, like. To a lesser degree, the Dawkins and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but Rat were like, um, you know, they were they were the the LA Kings, for instance. Yeah, they they they, they were back in the day in the eighties, uh, as we said, playing massive arenas, and now they're playing like I don't know anything from like clubs to massive you know, arenas, cover boys of all the magazines, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, poster Charles, yeah, and MTV, yeah, all this kind of stuff, and and the the drop has been pretty harsh. Yeah, it's got to be. You know, you get someone like Lemmy, whose who's peaks don't really reach no. what in regards to popularity and in regards to album sales. But he was a constant through the but, whole, you know. Yeah, exactly. But he was a constant. Yeah, he, he never faded constant. away. You never, no. you know. And become legendary. Yeah. You know, likewise with Slayer, you know. Oh, Some sure. bands come and go, they peak higher than yeah. Slayer, but yeah. Slayer's just a fucking steady constant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and so it's, I think we've had that discussion. You have the... You know the, the the round and rounds or the uh, layer downs or something gives you that peak. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like it did for the extremes. Oh or yeah, the uh, Mr. Bigs or something. Those I think it's hard for all those, especially those, since that's my my favorite period. The, the whole LA scene, all those bands, they were huge, especially in the US in the eighties, and then the nineties came and they all disappeared and. Then they kind of got together at least three out of five or something like that. Right, recorded yeah. an album that didn't do much and yeah. you know kept on touring. Yeah, but at least it keeps them out. Yeah, sure. Hell yeah, absolutely. I also read like back then that that Bobby Blosser was he was the only one with a wife and kids. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, around the invasion time. So okay. yeah, yeah. Hmm. See the others partying hard. And, I could see that. That would have been tough for him on the road. Cause, yeah. uh, have you read Blotzer's book? No. No. Is it good? No. No. <laughs> is, is it still available? I think you can find it on like Amazon or something. I actually sold my copy. But oh, really? Yeah, it's that yeah, bad? It's really bad. It's really, really bad. Because oh, nobody, you really, like, like the first two pages, you just realize nobody proofread this. Right. Oh, There's really? so many spelling errors and stuff oh. like that. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he put it out himself or something. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Print well, on demand or whatever it was. Okay, that's, no, it's bad. that's a shame. Yeah, that's it's shame. bad. So go go find Stephen Paris's. That's okay. a good one. Cool. That's a really good one. Yeah, there's 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 kiss connections with this band as well, you know. 
Okay, yeah, tell me about that one because I can't see that connection right now. Well, wasn't wasn't uh, didn't Gene Simmons have something to do with rap right back in the day? Um, whether taking them out on tour or whether wanting to sign them to maybe if you wanted to sign them, uh, I don't know. I don't think they ever toured with Kiss. Um, not that I know. Unless you're thinking of Black and Blue. Yeah. There's a kiss connection. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Gene Simmons was all over the place back then. Absolutely. Wanting yeah. to, especially like the late 80s, wanting to sign yeah. anything. Yeah. And then, then with the Simmons records and all that and the House of Lords and whatever it was and the producing and Keel and all that stuff. Right, yeah. And I think that was the same with Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley was around a fair bit too. Uh, yeah, I think kind of like, yeah, I think, I think Paul kind of got jealous of Gene of Gene yeah so then jumped into it himself? yeah I think okay. so yeah because Gene was more Hollywood back then like from well, around he, like 1983-84 and he's 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 really going in for the Hollywood thing yeah he, had, he was going out with Donna Summers then right and then uh, the shares and Diana Rosses and all that yeah, stuff Diana Ross sorry, yeah and then then he went to to share after yeah Diana Ross, yeah or, or vice versa yeah and um, he wanted to get into acting and all that stuff yeah and then then I think Paul like with Guns N' Roses, which, you know, it would have been interesting. would have been really interesting. Well, you know what? I, I heard an interview with Duff McKagan recently, and he talked quite nicely about that. Oh, he did? All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, because well, I've heard a few things. Yeah. You know, a few... I kind of heard that him. they kind of made fun of him. I, I think so, but, but Duff also said it was it was um, Paul Stanley. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. Like, of course. Paul Stanley sure. Kiss. Yeah. And, and he also said that Paul Stanley come to this really shitty club where there was like nine people watching. Right, yeah. So he kind of tipped his hat and said, man, you're the real deal. You oh, okay. You're, That's cool. You're not sending people to look at you. You actually right. come yeah, to yeah. Um, And it just didn't work. I think he was looking for a more flamboyant... More, yeah, yeah, they were Definitely. talking about Like there's the famous story about how they remove Stephen Adler's like second uh, bass drum and they remove yeah. this from his kid and that from yeah. his kid and, and Paul Stanley's first thing is let's put it back in yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it was never going to go but he also said they kind of knew it was never going to go but yeah. they got to do something with Paul Paul Stanley which yeah is hell yeah that's really cool yeah. really cool Rat of course worked with uh, Bo Hill Bo Hill of course absolutely uh, Auto Cellar Invasion Dancing Undercover uh, and I believe he also did Reach for the Sky. Absolutely, yeah. and then, he did the first four records. Yeah, right? then 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 Detonator, the last one with Robin Crosby was with Desmond Child. Right. Yeah. Okay. Which is a good record, actually. Yeah. But um, he also worked. He did Kicks and he did yeah, yeah. Winger and Warren. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I remember with like. Kicks when they recorded Midnight Dynamite, he brought in. Uh, I actually really liked that record when it came out. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He because uh, I interviewed. Um, um, Brian Forsythe kicks whose nickname is Brain Damage right. and uh, which I think uh, Bo Hill gave him that nickname right okay um, and um, and Brian said that um, uh, Bo Hill brought in uh, I think it was Mike Slammer right one of these guitar players that he used a lot so he played on stuff that you know and he didn't really tell the band and stuff like that so no. it's pretty funny shady Absolutely. Alrighty, let's uh, let's end it and let's play um, closing track of the album, uh, "Dangerous but Worth the Risk." It's a good song. Uh, it's a great song. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is behind the vinyl. 
this was rat invasion of your privacy go and check it out there's a there's a lot of great stuff coming out of the 80s back then um, which we are going to try to cover yeah a lot of it on on this show yeah um but this is definitely definitely a, a great one and this uh invasion sonically sounds so much stronger than out of the cellar yeah it does you know, it, it's, yes there's a yes. massive step up oh yeah in that. oh yeah and just to mention, there's some cool thing. There's like Rat the Videos. Did you see that one back then? I did see that one. Oh, yeah. I love it. I have yeah. it on VHS yeah. um, when they're in Japan for Out of the Cellar and all that. And then there's a great episode, which I think you can find on YouTube, which is uh, Behind the Music, VH1, right. with, yep. Rat, with Rat, which yeah. is a good one as well. Yep. Worth checking out. Alrighty. Cool. We'll see you guys next week. Yes. Mm-hmm.